Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you all ready for the Bible this morning? All right, today I want to open up with a scripture that is the concluding sentence to a parable that I'll refer to briefly later. And um, it's a parable about a widow. Um, and when I say parable, I mean it's a story that Jesus told to tell a point, okay? So uh, it's about a widow who nags an unjust judge until he gives her justice. It's kind of like, you know, if you keep calling customer service, keep calling customer service, and it's like, you know what? They're not going to let me go, right? And so it's kind of like that, but a judge. And this is the concluding sentence, and it says this in Luke 8, verse 7. It says, And and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him? Would you say cry out? Cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. I love that. Cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? Let's take a moment. Uh, And we're going to pray, and here's what I want to pray today. Today's message is one of those things where, uh, you know, some messages are taught and some messages are caught. And I want to encourage you, today is a caught message, right? You're going to get it here, but I want you to catch it here. And if you catch it in here, then you're really getting it. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, for the authority of it. We thank you today, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit and the way that you're able to teach us all things and the way that you're able to like bring to light things in our heart and our mind and Lord, cause us to catch things, Lord, to illuminate things, Father, for things to be inspired. And today, Lord, we open up our hearts for the inspired word of God by your Holy Spirit today. Lord, let something be put in our spirits, a deposit, Father, that can be called upon as we go into your word today. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you today for worship. We thank you for the atmosphere of your Holy Spirit. And even as we uh, hear your word today, Father, whether it's in person, online, listening to a podcast, Lord Jesus, we pray today, let your words make an impact on us. We're listening for what you have for us. God, you're so good. We love you. And I pray for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, God, to impart what's in your heart today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Today we are going to drop into Mark chapter 5. And it's a story that's in three of the Gospels. And we're going to share the the version that's shared in Mark chapter 5. And we're going to drop in with verse 21. And I want to read this story to you because the story, as I I tell you the story, kind of let your imagination paint the picture of the story as we go. Does that sound good? All right, Mark 5.21 says this. When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake... A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue's leaders named Jairus came and went and saw Jesus. He fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Would you say 12 years? That's a real key point in the story. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew 
worse. In Luke 8, the way it says it, it says that, you know, that she had gone to all these doctors, but no one could heal her. Verse 27 says, When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak because she had thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately the, the bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out of him and he turned around the crowd and he said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you uh, against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling in fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Isn't that a beautiful story? It's a beautiful story. Just a little extra credit before we kind of actually jump into the story. The power on Jesus' life was so great that miracles flew, uh, were flowing through him uh, on his way to just go do another miracle. He wasn't even laying hands on people. People were laying hands on him and getting healed. That's pretty powerful. You know, um, here's what I, I took notice of with this unnamed woman. It's interesting that in this story, Jairus is named. He's the synagogue ruler. And the woman is not named. She's just a woman. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was a ruler and somebody of esteem and everybody knew his name. And intentionally, like, there's, there's no mention of her name. Obviously, she has a name. And so this woman is kind of out and behind, if you will. It says, that, it says that she had tried everything. For 12 years, she had been working with doctors and so that meant that, you know, in this story, there was a sense of desperation. You know what I'm talking about? But it wasn't a desperation of the immediate moment. It was a desperation of a long story. You ever been part of a story that was a long story that hadn't had a turnaround yet? That's where this lady's at. She's in a long story. She's been in a long journey. I found it interesting as well that she was not afraid to break the rules. And what I mean by that is because she had a, an issue of blood, um, blood was a big deal back in that time because in their heritage and in their law, there was a lot of stipulations around what you could do and not do if you had blood, an issue with blood. And it meant that you had to stay away from people because if other people touched you, who it, it, they didn't even have to touch your blood, they just had to touch you who were bleeding, they would become unclean and not be able to go to synagogue or temple and those kinds of things. They would have to go through the uh, ritual of cleansing themselves. And so, in essence, when you had an issue, you had to stay away from people. There's a practical side to this, right? Like, you know, when people get sick, they stay home, right? And that's kind of the, the principle of what's going on. But because of the way this is, this is going on, 12 years, she's had an ongoing issue. Can you imagine how much loneliness she dealt with? Can you imagine how much shame she probably felt? Can you ever ask yourself, why me? You know what I'm saying? You ever ask yourself, like, why am I going through this? And, you know, in a lot of cultures, in a lot of days, there's a wrong mentality that says that I must have done something to earn or to, to have been punished this way. 
right? And I must be sick just because... Now, we know that our, our actions can bring outcomes. But there's also another reality is that we all live in a broken world. And it rains on the just and the unjust. And rushing to, well, you know, you shouldn't... Like, that's, that's an immature way of looking at our brothers and sisters, right? But that can be reflected on yourself where you begin to think, what's wrong with me? Why is it that I'm struggling? And when you've struggled for a while, you start to feel like you're the only one struggling. That's why we're never meant to struggle alone. Last week we were talking about contending together. We were talking about how the Reubenites and the Gadites, they said, you know what, we want to receive our inheritance, but we want to go with our brothers and sisters. We're going to go into the land until everyone gets their inheritance. We won't rest until everyone gets theirs. You know, one of the things I'm really curious about, you ever have like a curiosity about a story? See, I, I like to separate my curiosity from what I know, Right? I, there's certain things I know about this lady, you know, with a wish, issue of blood and things that she's struggling with and likely lonely and likely battling shame and likely that. But I kind of wonder if she was feisty. I don't know. I'm not really sure if, if what was motivating her was just pure desperation or just feisty because, you know, she stuck with it for 12 years. Y'all, that takes some fight. That takes some tenacity to just kind of keep on going. I, I, you know, and, and she was willing to push through that crowd, which was a no-no. She shouldn't have been doing that. And she was willing to go and touch his cloak, which was a no-no. She shouldn't have been doing that. But she, I, I just kind of wonder, was there some feistiness in there? Was there a little bit of tenacity? I kind of hope so. If not, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm kind of curious if she has that in, going on in her. Another thing I, I, I saw in the story is that... Um, you know, her healing was a long time coming. So many people would have given up years before Jesus ever get, get, came to town. You know, I think sometimes you can, you can give up and then you can miss your opportunity. But I think also there's, an, uh, there's the opportunity of you may have given up, but when there's an opportunity presented to you, can you muster up something that says, Maybe I should press in again. Maybe I should move forward again. Maybe I should, uh, I should lean in again. Today's uh, message is called pressing in, which is exactly what this lady did. She, she pressed in. She pressed through the crowd. She pressed in until she could touch his cloak. You know, sometimes the long roads bring a lot of honor and glory to God. I don't mean that from a standpoint of I think God is just kind of tapping his foot, watching his watch, saying, you know, I'm going to give this a few years just so that, you know, I, I look good. I don't mean it that way, but I mean these stories of trial and tribulation, these stories where it just takes a really long time, and these stories where, where it's, it's such a long journey can bring a lot of honor to God. Twelve years. You know, there's stories in the Bible where it's, uh, you know, somebody's deaf from birth and they, they become healed, and it just people are just amazed. Like, they've never seen a miracle like that. And this lady's miracle is just absolutely instantaneous. And let's, let's face it, you and I can forget the quick answers sometimes. I love a quick answer. How many of y'all like a quick answer? Come on, right? Let's go through the, through the drive-thru at Starbucks and get a quick, you know, a quick answer, right? But no, there's a lot, there are times where it just takes some time. I, I remember um, just recently we were praying for a coworker of someone in our, in our prayer team. And uh, we were praying because they had been diagnosed with a cancer. And it was looking grave, and they were, you know, getting their doctor's appointments and all that kind of stuff. They showed up at the doctor's appointment. They said, by golly, guess what? You don't have cancer. We're just like, well, praise the Lord. You know, what do you do? You leave. 
That's what you do. You're like, I'll take that. Amen. That's the report of the Lord, right? But I think sometimes those stories, you know, it's like in the moment, obviously, praise God, and there's just so much relief. But it's easy to forget those ones that were so quick and how great and what a wonderful, what a wonderful testimony that they didn't have to walk through more and that it was just in that moment. Amen? And I think it's up to us to remember and to praise God and to bring honor. Now, um, we don't have any evidence that this lady was seeking the Lord over these 12 years. We do know that she was seeking the care of doctors, right? It says that she had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors. And, you know, I, I'll submit to you that, you know, when, people, uh, when I'm talking about health stuff with people and people say, do you think I should go see a doctor? I'm almost always saying, go see a doctor, but pray. For me personally, I just put every doctor in the hands of Jesus. I pray over them. I pray that God will make them his instrument is how I pray. I say, Lord, let them make decisions after you, make them, you know, and give me wisdom about their words, and I just pray something over them kind of thing. Like, there's been times where I needed an answer from the Lord, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go and sit down uh, with my pastor. I'm not trying to reflect this on you or, or uh, passively or anything, um, but I'll say, I'm just going to go sit down. And you know what, I'll sit there, and we'll talk, and I'll be like, the word of the Lord will come out of them. I'm like, thank you, God, you know, but I just, I, I just submit them to, you, to the Lord, doctors, and I'll be like, God, you just show them and you give them wisdom and you give me wisdom about what they're saying. But we don't have evidence that she had sought the Lord and this was a really, really long journey. But again, she didn't give up. Her healing, though, when she touched Jesus was so immediate, like, like she knew something happened and Jesus knew something happened. Y'all, that's a good miracle right there, right? When everybody's like, something just happened. And there have been times when you'd be praying, you'd be like, oh my word, something just shifted. And Jesus cries out and he goes, he starts going, who touched me? And you know, you wonder, did Jesus know who touched him? Did he not know who touched, touched him? And the thing is, he, he asked, but he kept on asking. He kept on asking, right? So he keeps asking until, until she uh, comes and she falls at his feet, trembling in fear, as it says, and explains everything that happened. And, you know, I she probably thought she might be in trouble for having touched him. Because really, she wasn't supposed to touch him. And in fact, in touching him, she should have made him unclean, is how it should have worked in their rule. But the reality is, the clean made her clean. It worked the opposite way. And, uh, and so she's just kind of wondering, like, what have I done to the teacher? What have I, you know, like, she's trembling in fear, but she's, ex- can you imagine just the kind of like the immediate trauma? And all attention is now on you, who've lived with this, this shame and this, all that's going on for so long. See, Jesus doesn't out her to shame her. He outs her to bring out a confession. And what she does is he says, what happened? And she confesses everything that happens, says everything that happens. And Jesus makes this really powerful statement. He says, daughter, he's calling her daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You know, there's in the book of Mark, Jesus had not used this language with anybody else yet where he is, he's bringing this sense of honor and he's, he, to this woman who's unnamed, and he is calling her daughter. The irony is he is on the way to the named synagogue leader Jairus' daughter, and he's calling this woman on the way 
daughter. It's like he's bringing her in. It's like this sense of honor and this sense of ownership, this kind of, I see you and you matter and I'm going to call you daughter. And then he says, he says, your faith has healed you. And um, what's interesting to me about this is when we read this, we read it for what it means, which means your belief, your trust, your faith in God, it really matters and it impacts. When you pray, you got to pray believing and trusting. You don't pray in, uh, not, uh, without faith and without out believing. Like there's something in your heart and in your spirit that's happening, right? But the other part that's going on here is he's clarifying what has healed her. That it was the faith that healed her, not the robe. It was the faith that healed her, not a touch. See, Jairus came and said, will you come and lay hands on my daughter? And that's what he's on his way to do. And you see, we believe in laying on of hands as a symbol, but it's not the laying on of hands that does something, it's the faith in God that does something. What he's doing is he's making a distinction between faith and trust in the realm that you don't see, and magic and symbols and touching, and I, well, I have to, and it really reminded me when I was studying this, it really reminded me of when we were in Egypt this summer. Because we would be in crowds of people, and all they wanted was somebody to touch them. They would grab your hand and put your hand on there, but it felt like magic. Does that make sense? It felt like there was a, like, if I don't get the man or woman of God to put their hand on me, I'm not going to get anything. And we know that's not the case. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we don't necessarily run to that kind of thinking here because we're not practicing magic. We're not in a culture that's do, that has as much magic stuff going on and things like that. But he's making it very clear here what is healing her. It's her trust in him. Did she get healed when she touched the robe? Yes. Did, did power flow when she touched the robe? Yeah. But that was the symbol. What it was, it was her trust in him. Which means you don't need the robe to get healed. You can be healed because of your trust and belief in Jesus. A touch is helpful. A touch, you know, there's this symbol of impartation, but the power is in him and trusting him. And he makes this statement that is so amazing. He says to her, he continues the statement. He goes, daughter, your faith has healed you. And then he says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You know, when Jesus heals the lepers, he says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And see, there's a, there's a ritual that they would go through and all that, and then the, the priest, once they'd done it, they, the priest would pronounce a blessing over them. And basically that says, you're done, your account is clear, you can basically go back into society, you can go back about your business, you're good. This is the kind of statement that Jesus is making. He's making like a priestly uh, profession over her. He calls her daughter and elevates her. And he says, listen, your faith has healed you. And now he's basically saying, you know, let this, this the pronouncement of peace over her life. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. When he says go in peace, it's, it has this connotation of like, not just peace, like, oh, you feel good, but like a blessing over your life. And like, a, it's almost like a salvation kind of, of proclamation over her life, which is fascinating. Because when she came to Jesus, as it says in Romans, she believed in her heart when she touched, right? Her faith. That word belief is the same word for faith. She believed in her heart. And when Jesus says, now I want you to say the words of what you were doing, she was then confessing with her mouth. And there was this 
moment of like, if you will, like, like a salvation happening in that moment. Like, like, she was, she was, it, like God was completing the work. And I love that because Jesus was not trying to shame her or embarrass her. He was completing the work. And, you know, I want to encourage you. Some of us, we like to pray only without words in our mind. The thing is, God can hear every one of your thoughts, and it's good. There's something about your voice that's precious to God. It says when God created the work, he spoke it, and he said it. God gave you a voice, and I want to encourage you that if you're kind of a quiet person, I'm not trying to make the introvert into an extrovert. You be who God made you to be, but I want to bring emphasis to the fact that your voice matters, and God gave you a voice, and your voice is not just to communicate with others. It's to bring glory to God. Amen? So if you have some comfort zone issues, I just want to get you out of your comfort zone issues because your proclamation, your believe in your heart and, and, and confess with your mouth, it matters. What you say with your mouth makes a difference. And it amplifies what's going on in here. Again, I, I don't know if this lady was feisty, but I, I really, I kind of want to think so, that she was a feisty lady, not a quitter, you know, just kind of like going after it. And uh, her willingness to press in and press, press through and... It is this story that makes me think about that parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18. It's not a true story. It's a, it's a parable to, to make a point. And, and what she does is she just persists and persists and persists and will not give this unjust judge any rest. And then he's finally like, you know what? It's easier for me to answer her than it is for me to not answer her. He didn't do it because he cared about her. And the point of the story is, how much more does God care about you? By golly, when you cry out to him, he's going to answer. Amen? That God is not an unjust judge, but that he's a just judge, and he hears you, and he hears your cries. I, I know for me, and I believe for many of us, that we can fall down when it comes to the persisting, and really, you know, that persisting department, Right? Where maybe you, uh, a, a big need comes and maybe, uh, you know, in the, in the beginning you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really pray, I'm really going to focus. But you ever like just kind of like put it in the, into kind of the easy gear and just kind of coast when it comes to a need? You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe it's just easier to give up. Maybe it's easier to move on. Because let's admit it, when we don't see a prayer answered, when we don't see a prayer answered, we can get uh, disillusioned. We can wonder if there's something wrong with us, if there's something, you know, we can begin, a lot of things can play in our mind. But you know what needs to play in our mind in that gap? The Word of God. Right? That's what needs, there's a lot of stories in the Bible of people waiting to see the thing that God has spoken to their heart. You are not alone. There's not something broken about you or different about you. But the thing that we can't do is we can't give up. We can't move on. We can't just accept disappointment and go, well, I don't see an answer because that really undermines your faith. It undermines your trust. Because I really believe, I believe the pressing is good for us. The pressing in. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about how to press in a moment, in a moment. Because there's a wrong way to press in, and there's a right way to press in. But I, I think that pressing is, is good because those things that take energy, that take focus, 
that muster up our heart and muster up our spirit. There's something about that that brings more value to the experience. And there's something about in that moment that I feel like we become like that soft clay where God can mold us in the process. And I think he doesn't like to waste anything. He doesn't like to waste what you're going through. He doesn't like to waste trauma. He doesn't want to waste uh, a challenge in your life. Uh, And he wants to allow those to transform you because he's actually long-term, really more, and he's really focused on who you're becoming, not just how you feel in the moment, right? And so there's, there's something good for us. And, and, and we see that when we raise our children in practical ways, right? Like there are things in their lives that we just want to bless them, right? Then there are things in their lives where we're like, now you're going to work. Why I got, why I got to work? Because it's good for you. Because you were made for work. Because, you were, because you, you were given a heart to feel and you were given a spirit to use it and you were given a voice to use it and you were given the, the gift of being able to pray directly to God for a reason. It's a privilege that we have and we need to be willing to use it. Amen? And use it fervently. You know, last week's message, this whole contending together, I really kind of wanted to bring these two messages together because last week was about, hey, let's, let's not leave anyone behind. Let's not, if somebody's in the battle, say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying my moment of rest. I'm just going to trust God with you. And there's something about we, we battle together for the long haul, and we come alongside together. There's something about that that's good for you and me, and there's something powerful in the kingdom when we're willing to come together to move forward into battle. Amen? But persisting really can f- flows into that, right? Because in that story, they had to battle until all of Canaan and all of the inheritance was taken. Meanwhile, they they knew what their inheritance looked like, but they couldn't go back to it and truly rest in it until everybody had theirs. I love that picture. And persisting for yourself is one thing, but persisting for your brother and sister is a whole nother level. Of persisting. And it's interesting, isn't it, from a practical standpoint, how things get in your heart, right? Like we had that story recently where we were praying for those 26 Afghans to come out of Afghanistan, right? We were praying and interceding. Church spent a week in prayer and things like that. I know for me, it was near and dear to my heart because it was like one level away from the people that I know. Like it was the people that they knew faces and they knew those children and they, they knew those families. They knew the danger. They had been in that land. And, I'm, and it just rose up. Some, there's a burden when you're close to it, right? That just kind of, and that's, that's a good thing. And that's a, a, a natural thing. I noticed though, with the 17 people who are kidnapped right now in Haiti, that it mattered to me, but because it was in the south of Haiti and they weren't directly contacted with the people that I work with, like it was a layer away. Some of that, another layer away, some of that is natural, but then some of that has to be overcome with a, but you know what, God, it's not hard for me to put myself in those shoes and to think of what are those families going through, and there are children there, and and with um, our relationship with Haiti over the years and knowing how lawlessness has, has ruled, like, it, it, it wasn't, it's not hard for me to get to the point of, oh, no, no, I need to like, really pray. Rather than the, you know, Lord, I ask you to bless this meal. I just I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful food that, that Elizabeth has provided for us tonight. And Lord, please bless the kidnapped victims in Haiti. Amen. That's just a different prayer. 
And I'm saying it that way just to, like, to bring the light of, there are times where we have to like, bring the focus to it, right? Um, we have in our lives different levels of prayer and different levels of pressing in. And the thing is, is I don't believe pressing in is about works. I don't believe it's about working yourself up. I don't believe it's about emotionalism and just getting emotion. However, I do believe that when we engage our heart and our spirit man, it often looks like effort and looks like emotions. Can I say that to you all over again? I don't believe that pressing in is about works. We've got to, well, I, have to, I just have to, okay, I've got to work hard at this or God won't do anything. That's, that's not good theology for us, okay? Or I've got to work myself up because I've seen that, you know, the, the people who work themselves up, they get answers. That's not how it works. It starts in here and in here. What's in here tells us how to pray. We use the Holy Spirit to lead us to prayer, and God gave us a heart and emotions to contribute to prayer because it's not an unfeeling, unemotional thing. Sometimes we're so spent that we don't have any emotional collateral to give. You know what? If you're empty, ask him to fill you. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so I don't believe it starts with the focus on, okay, i got to work hard and i got to work myself up. I actually think it starts with your heart and your spirit, man. And what happens is that oftentimes comes out in a way where you see some emotions and you see some effort. You might even get loud. But that's okay. But do you understand like the order of operations there? We're not looking for a picture. We're not looking for, for, for the way something looks. We're looking for true faith, true sincerity, true crying out to God because it's good for us and we have a God who answers prayer and moves because of prayer. It says, his kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, sometimes we can go, well, why doesn't God just do it without prayer? It's because he's always planned on involving you. He made Adam and Eve at the very beginning. He, like, made this couple in the beginning, and he had a plan. He wanted to extend his plan through people. He still wants to extend his plan through people. And when the people retreat and when the people don't care, then, then it isolates in that area how God is moving. He's got to raise up people because he likes to use people. God's plan ultimate plan will come to pass because you can't stop God. Praise the Lord. So we don't have to wonder if, if, you know, if this thing's going to end the way he says it's going to end and all that kind of stuff. But it matters how we participate along the way. And we have the privilege of being called in. And the thing is, y'all, so I don't know if you know, I went to Maui a couple weeks ago. And I got to tell you, if Maui is any indication whatsoever, heaven is going to be amazing. I mean, wow. We just had a really great time. And I just kept thinking, this is like on earth. This is, per- I mean, this is good. This is good. Some people are going, like, you're not, like, you're not going anywhere. No, no, we have way too much here. Um, but we may visit again. Um, <laughs> um, but we're here and someday we will be there. Y'all, while we're here, let's give it what we got. Let's come alongside of situations where we don't have to come alongside. And let's not give up on the things 
that maybe we want to give up on because we haven't seen the answer yet. We serve a really good God. When I was putting this message together, the, the scripture that came to my heart is in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, where it says, For this reason I remind you, this is Paul talking to his Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in, in you through the laying on of hands. He was encouraging Timothy in his ministry and in his service as a pastor uh, to, you know, hey, stir up the gifts of God that are in you. And I think we can stir up prayer, compassion, pressing in, things mattering. Because, and the reason I think this is an important word for, for us in our day is for several reasons. Everyone gets discouraged and ha- is tempted to quit. Amen? And we're not shaming people for that. We're recognizing that we're human, right? But I think it's easier for us to choose to which ones things we really want to get dirty, you know, roll up our sleeves and get dirty with because, y'all, we are blessed. On our, be- on our worst days, we're really, really blessed, right? So be- just being willing to say, you know what? Let's fan our gifts. Let's fan our heart and give oxygen to our hearts. Let's persist in prayer. Let's persist for one another. Let's pray together. In the- let's you know, allow something to stir. And when you ain't feeling it, it's okay. You don't need to fake it. You just need to say, God, come on, put something in my heart. Come on, I- I- let-, let me kind of muster up something. You- put some emotional capacity, some spirit capacity in me for this moment to begin to pray and to begin to intercede and what's wonderful is that when you do that you get a front row seat to see the things that God's doing that is my favorite part I love just being in the room when God's doing something that's one of my favorite things in life to do is just see God do something and I'm just like bravo like you're just so good at being God I want to do two things as we close today. One is I just want to tell you today that in your life, if you feel like you are struggling and you are far away from God, I want you to know that he's not far away from you and you can cry out to him. And if you have never in your life cried out to Jesus and said, come into my life, I want you to know that he cares for you, that he loves you. He went to a cross for you before you were ever born to to take care of your sin and to give you an opportunity with a new, uh, to have a new life with him. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, never said, God, I want you to be the ruler of my life, I just want to tell you, don't wait. Do it today, October the 24th, 2021. Make it your day to say, God, come into my life. I, I'm telling you, when you lay, your, lay the, the rulership of your life down and put it into the hands of God, your life will never, ever be the same. And if that's a decision that you're making today, I want to know about it. If you're listening or if you're uh, watching today, uh, I just want to encourage you to go online to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps because we want to just rejoice with you. Make sure you have everything you need because it's a journey walking with God. Again, that's victorychristian.church. And if you're here, I just want you to talk with me today because I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. It's the greatest decision you will ever make. We have an opportunity today as a church family to pray um, and to pray for some, some folks in our church. And I'm going to ask the folks who are in the in-person service to stand with me. Um, we've, we got the report just over the last two or three days that um, we have about five people 
uh, who are older. I'm not going to say the names for the recording, but I'll, I'll mention it publicly um, in this room in a moment. Older folks in our church, and I say older because they, uh, only because they've, um, they have COVID, and it all happened real quick all at once. And we're going to intercede today and ask God to stop it and that each one of them will be well. None of them are in the hospital right now, varying degrees of, of, of how it's impacting them, but we want the whole thing gone for all of them. Are you ready to rally with me? Let's, let's rally. Father, we love you today. And we come to you with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we bring our whole church family to you today. And we say, God, would you do a mighty work right now? We pray, cease and desist for this disease, for this illness, Lord God. And we pray for each of these individuals, God, that they would be well, Lord God, that they would be whole. Father, that there'd be no long-term effects. And Jesus, we bring them to you and we say, Lord, you are our healer and it is by your stripes that we are healed. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you forgive all our sins and you heal all our diseases. We come to you confidently today and we bring them to you and you say, Lord, we cry out for our brothers and sisters and ask you to do a mighty work. We pray for a fast healing, for a quick shift, and Father, that this thing would be ceased, that it would stop. Other people they've come in contact with, other people, other family members, God, we ask this thing would cease. Father, we break the back of this illness and we proclaim the name of Jesus who bore all of our, cor- cor- our curses and we thank you, God, for healing. We thank you for wholeness and we believe and rejoice, God, that each person is going to be well and have no, nothing lagging, nothing that hangs on. We bless them. We thank you, God, for the gift of prayer. And Lord, today we pray. uh, We give you permission to move in our hearts, God. We recognize, God, that it's easier to not press in at times. It's easier to, to, to let down. But Lord God, we just say, God, we need one another and we need you. And we just ask, Father, for that real authentic, Lord, stirring in our spirits and our hearts that say, God, You're the one who can do a great thing here. We thank you that prayer is good for us, Lord God. I pray for those who lack confidence today and how to pray and what to pray. Father, they will know, God, that you are hearing their heart and you're hearing what's inside of them. And Lord, to just kind of go with what's in them and Lord, 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 pour out their hearts to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, for the bubbling up, the, the, the stirring of prayer. We thank you, God, for the way that you take care of us. Surely, God, you are a good shepherd. Surely you're so good to us. We love you and we worship you in this place. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.